Hello guys and welcome back to the Foots, Bands and Everything in Between podcast with me, Marcus Darwin. And it has been um, a long time, it has. Uh, we've had the international break and then last weekend um, I just didn't have time to cover the games. So we've got quite a few games to get through. I'm going to pick and choose our favourite ones. Obviously, we're going to be talking about that Liverpool-Manchester City game, the Clash of the Titans. We'll also be talking about how Manchester United and Arsenal have been bottling it for the top four race with Tottenham now really looking to to secure that position um, for that last Champions League spot. We'll be talking about Eric Ten Hag going to Manchester United and we'll be talking about the fact whether Everton could actually get relegated. So, yeah, sit back, relax and get ready for some more foot spans and everything in between. So, um, we're just gonna, I'm just looking at the fixtures, right, that happened last weekend and, and throughout the, um, the week, right, and I'm seeing it, Liverpool 2-0, Watford, Brighton 0, Norwich 0, Burnley 0, uh, Manchester City 2, you know, none of that really appears to me, uh, Leeds 1, Southampton 1, that just, just doesn't really get you know, doesn't get my juices flowing. But you know what does it get? This definitely does. It's at Stamford Bridge. It took place on Saturday the 9th of April. And it was Chelsea 1, Brentford 4. And this is just before Chelsea then went away and absolutely bottled it against Real Madrid as well. Benzema, he owns that club, doesn't he? But let's just have a look at this game. Um, so yeah, Chelsea 1, Brentford 4. An absolute just complete chaotic wipeout really I think you could say and what was interesting about this is just it just looked like Chelsea were playing with no purpose and no authority like come on lads you are European you know you are Champions League winners and you're getting wiped the floor with Brentford, you know. It obviously I would understand that Chelsea will be really disappointed here, but let's just go over here. So Rudiger in the 48th minute puts Chelsea one nil up going into half time. Well, sorry, just after half time it was nil nil going to half time, and then you have Janlet Eriksson. Janla again, and Wisser all scoring. And might I just say that Eriksen won man of the match, and he, you know, he came back Denmark squad during the international break, hit the ground running again, and now he's doing it in the league. And can I not just, like, what dedication this man must have, you know, to come back from such a, such a scary thing and come back and play like nothing ever happened. And... You know, it was it was Ericsson's first Premier League goal since 2019, and it was um it was Brentford's first win at Stamford Bridge since 1939, and oh yeah, it just it just looked like Chelsea had no real conviction, no real purpose playing the game, 
They didn't really go in with any intent to win the game. And that's obviously reflected on their Champions League loss against uh, Real Madrid as well at Stamford Bridge. Um, other than that, let's see what happened on Sunday the 3rd. I'm looking again. You have West. Uh, you have Tottenham 5-1 against Newcastle. Tottenham again, you know, especially with Man United and Arsenal dropping points. It's just a really ideal situation for Tottenham and, and Conte. You know, what a performance he's done with the team. What a job he's done with the team with Kulusevski. Up front, Kane, Son, we'll get into that a bit more later. We've got West Ham beating Everton 2-1, and Everton looked like they were relegation-bound, especially with the loss to Burnley as well on Wednesday the 6th, the 3-2 loss at Everton. But then, of course, Manchester United see that Everton are in trouble, and on Saturday 9th of April, this Saturday, just gone, Everton beat Manchester United 1-0, and it was probably one of the worst performances I've ever seen from Manchester United ever. Um, I think this is a perfect time to talk about Eric Ten Hag going to, to Manchester United. I'm just moving the mic a bit further away from my mouth. Uh, so yeah, um, this week we've seen that Eric Ten Hag um, is pretty much confirmed to be. It hasn't been um, released publicly, officially by the by the club or by anyone but is inside people around the deal and close to Eric Ten Hag's camp and to uh, Manchester United's, you know, uh, board. They've all seen Ten Hag as the man. That's the one that's going to get them out of this uh, predicament and, and bring Manchester United back to where they needed to be. The problem is that Ten Hag has asked, well, not asked, he's demanded that if he is appointed the manager of Manchester United, he has 100% authority over, or not just authority, but inclusion, more to say, uh, over transfers and what players are staying, contract negotiations, basically everything like that, because he's saying that if he's going to go in and he's going to rebuild this squad, he needs to rebuild it the way that he wants to, not the way that the board wants to, not signing um, names that are going to sell shirts, but signing players that are actually going to bring the club where they need to be, you know. You look at Liverpool when Jurgen Klopp came in. You know they signed Salah. That Salah isn't going to really sell any shirts. Some Mane from Southampton. He's not really going to sell any shirts. Firmino from Offenheim. He's not really going to sell any shirts. You know Van Dijk from Southampton as well. Again, uh, probably Allison from Roma. Canate from uh, Leipzig or Salzburg, wherever. I think it was Leipzig though. Um, you know Robertson from Hull. Firmino from Monaco. Cater from Leipzig. Uh, Oxlade Chamberlain from Arsenal. You know, these are all players. Jota from Wolves, again, another one. These are all players that aren't like, you know, Ronaldo, Declan Rice. You know, they're not uh, Bruno Fernandes, Pogba. They're not players that will sell. They're not players that you buy for the name. They're players that you buy for ability. And they're players that have been specifically chosen out for Jurgen Klopp's tactics. And I really think that, I really hope that Manchester United go forward with this because we've obviously, we've also seen you know, problems with, um, what was it today, uh, this week, that Ragnik is actually in his consultancy role. You know, he's only going to work two or three times a month in his consultancy role. Um, really, it was a way for Manchester United to let the fans know, you know, we're changing, we're changing, but they're not actually changing. So I really hope, I really, really, really hope this works out for, for Ten Hag and we get the players that he needs and that we need as a club. He said it's going to be a five-year project. He said that the first thing he'll do is improve the physicality of the squad. The first thing I would do is kick Maguire out of the team. But looking at Ten Hag's tactics, actually, he likes playing with ball carriers in, in defence. And Maguire has actually got one of the best um, ball-carrying um, stats as a as a centre defender in 
in the Premier League. So, you know, maybe under the right coaching, Maguire might come to his best. You know, we'll see. Um, I've heard recently that Manchester United are going after Calvin Phillips. But, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens with that. If anything develops, obviously, we'll release a separate episode on that. But let's just move on now. Um, Arsenal bottling it against Brighton. So, Manchester United and Arsenal just on bottle FC, you know, um, trying to get into uh, the top four. And as it stands right now, Manchester United aren't even in the top six. Uh, the seventh conference league FC, Ronaldo actually smashing Gafone after the Everton game. But yeah, we have um, Chelsea's bounce back against Southampton, 6-0. What a game this was. What a performance this was. And yeah, Chelsea back to winning ways. We have Watford nil leads three. Another good game for um, Marsh. I think his name is. I'm butchering that so hard. But yeah, Leeds doing well. Aston Villa nil. Tottenham four. Yeah, Kane hat trick. You know, give me, give me, give me a ginger from Sweden. Da, 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 da. His name is Kulisevsky. You know, Tottenham fans are having an absolute party right now. They are well, well comfortable for this top four race. But if we look at the league table, Tottenham are actually sitting in fourth. 31 points, uh, 31 games played, 57 points. Arsenal, 30 games played. So they've got a game in hand over Tottenham with 54 games played. And they're on... Um, I'm actually not looking at the goal difference here. I wish I was. Let me just get the goal difference up just so we can check here. Um, one second. So, yeah, I'm looking at the goal difference here. And goal difference, Spurs 19, Arsenal 9. So, um, you know, unless Arsenal win their, that game in hand 11-0, um, Tottenham will be staying in the top four spot. So, it's absolutely brilliant. But let's just go to the main event of this podcast, you know, Let's go to Manchester City 2, Liverpool 2, the battle, the absolute clash of the titans, Pep versus Guardiola. It ended 2-2, it was an absolute brilliant game and I think, um, you know, Jurgen Klopp said after the game it was like a heavyweight boxing match, you know, you throw a punch and if, you, if your arms are down and throw a punch, you're going to get, you're going to get struck, you're going to get knocked out, you know, and if you, if, if the other person puts them on arms down you're going to get a strike and you're going to get knocked out and that's literally what happened so Liverpool really shaky in the first half first half ended 2-1 to Manchester City Liverpool came out second half Klopp had a really really short team talk he came out really early came back Mane in the in the, it was like 50 seconds into the second half drew level it was an absolute absolute brilliant game Sterling thought he scored the winner but it was offside it was Honestly, every season I say this, every season I watch Liverpool versus Manchester City and we've got the absolute pleasure to watch this game in the Premier League twice a season. We really do. And I really hope it lasts longer. Um, you know, this clash of the heavyweights. Um, it, it wasn't just that it was Manchester City versus Liverpool, which in my opinion is the best game in, in world football right now. It was the fact that it's, you know, it's first versus second. It's pretty much whoever won that game would win the league. But it's a draw, so I thought, hang on a minute, let me look at the games that we've got left. Because if we look at the league, Manchester City are on 31 games, uh, Liverpool on 31 games. You know, we've got seven games left of the season. Man City are on 74 points, and Liverpool are on 73. So I'm thinking, okay, there's one point in it, but who has the harder run of games? So when we look at all seven, I'll be going side to side week by week and comparing them. So the next game that Liverpool have, in the these are all just Premier League, by the way is Manchester United. Now, I feel um, that will be actually quite a tough game just for the fact that, you know, it's Liverpool versus Manchester United. I know what happened last time that was played at Old Trafford. 
Um, but I feel like Manchester United will come out and they'll have something to prove. And I feel like those players will be quite angry. But at the same time, as Manchester United fan, I go into every game and I honestly feel no resentment. I feel no disappointment. I feel no upset if we lose the game because that's just the state the club's in. I think we just want the season to be over. I think the players look like that. I think Ronaldo's just looking for a way out. Do I think Ronaldo will, will leave? I actually don't. I feel like it will be bad for him to leave. I think he'll stay. And I think man, he'll just try and get Manchester United top four. I think he won't be um, starting as much as he does this season. I don't. I don't think we'll be relying on him, uh, relying on him this much, uh, that much, as much next season. From the fact that I think Ten Hag will come in and he'll uh, probably sign Darwin Nunes, I think, uh, from Benfica or someone like that, and and Ronaldo will just nurture that. Obviously, Greenwood would have been a big part, and I think Greenwood would have really blossomed under uh, Ten Hag. But you know. Things weren't meant to be. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so Liverpool, Man City. And then we have, uh, it was supposed to be Wolves, Man City, but that has been postponed. So Man City's next game in the Premier League will be against Brighton. So for a brief period of time, Liverpool will have a game in hand on Man City. And that game in hand, sorry, Man City will have a game in hand on Liverpool. So, um but so that's actually that game against uh, Manchester United is actually really important for Liverpool. It really is if they want to stay in contention. Uh, Man City Brighton that's going to be on the twentieth and Liverpool versus Everton. So Liverpool have got two derbies back to back. They've got the Merseyside derby. Well, no, sorry, they've got the like you know Liverpool Man United. Don't even know what that's called. And then they've got the Merseyside derby that um, against Everton, which will actually be another tough game because Everton are fighting for their lives. Uh, whilst Man City against Brighton, you know, uh, Man City have obviously got something to fight for. Brighton, not really. They're cruising. Uh, judging by Brighton's uh, form, how did they do this weekend? Brighton beat Arsenal 2-1. So, you know what? It will be it will be a relatively tough game for, for Man City, but I feel like overall uh, Liverpool have, the, have those games which are harder than Man City. We look at the next ones here. Um... Newcastle then for Liverpool away. Uh, that will be another tough game to be honest. Newcastle are playing pretty decent and they they're just not out of relegation contention just yet. Uh, whereas Man City playing Watford and Watford are obviously fighting for their lives as well. But I just think Man City will blow Watford out of the way. I think Liverpool will struggle against Newcastle. Uh, going on then it will be Liverpool versus Tottenham. A really really another um, tough game for Liverpool as. Um, Tottenham will be fighting for the top four. Leeds, Leeds against Man City. Leeds are, again, not out of contention just yet, but they are in a good form. So I think that will, that will be a decently tough game for, for Man City. It will. Um, Man City, then Newcastle. That will be a tough game for Man City, depend, especially because it's near the end of the season, depending on what situation Newcastle are in and what situation Man City is in. I think that will be a good game. You know, um, El Clasico. El Clasico. As you will, Aston Villa against Liverpool, Gerard against Liverpool. That will be, um, I think that will be quite an easy game for Liverpool. Um, Southampton Liverpool. I think that will be a, that will be another easy game for Liverpool. Even though Southampton, you know, these games there's never an easy game in the Premier League. But when you're Manchester City, Manchester, uh, Manchester City and Liverpool, you can make any game look easy. You really can. Man City against uh, West Ham as well. That will actually be a really tough game. Um, I couldn't predict that. Just from it really depends on what situation these clubs are in. You know, um, but yeah, and then going through uh, last game, you know, Liverpool have got Wolves, Man City got Aston Villa. That will be last game of the season. That could decide everything, to be honest. It really could. Hopefully, um, from Man City point of view, they they've just got to not drop any points. Liverpool, you know, this is Man City's uh, league to lose, to be honest, because 
uh, in those in those next seven games, Liverpool have by far got the hardest fixtures. They really do. But yeah, what a game! What a game that that Man City game was. And let's just go through the league table uh, one last time. Let's wrap it up before we finish the episode. So we've got. Um, Man City in first with 74, Liverpool with 73, Chelsea with the game in hand on 62, Tottenham on 57, Arsenal with the game in hand on 54, West Ham on 51, Man United with the game in hand on 51, Wolves on 49, Leicester with three games in hand, yes, three games in hand on 40, Crystal Palace, um, on 37, Brighton on 37, Aston Villa on 36, Brentford on 36, Southampton with the game in hand on 36, Newcastle on game in hand, uh, sorry, Newcastle on 34, Leeds with 33, Everton with two games in hand, 28, Burnley uh, on 24, Watford on 22, and Norwich on 21. So that um, bottom three really close together. Everton, um, you know, with that win against Manchester United, that's really, really helped them. Really not helped Manchester United at the top four race. Um, Tottenham look look secure to get that top four. Um, yeah, West Ham looking like they might get Europe. I think they'll be fighting Wolves for that. Leicester just had a subpar season for them. Newcastle will be definitely a team to watch for next season. We are hopefully Manchester United sort their stuff out from my point of view. Hopefully we have a really, really good title race. And uh, depending on what's happening next weekend, I'm just looking at the games. And the next fixtures are actually this weekend. Uh, with Man United going to play Norwich. So there are games this weekend. We will be covering them. Uh, depending how quality, what the quality is like, because I will be away. But anyway, thank you guys for listening to this um, actually relatively long episode of the podcast compared to usual. But yeah, thank you. It's been fun. Thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you uh, follow or download whatever you bloody want, to be honest. This has been Mark Starwin. This has been First Bunch and Everything in Between. Until next time.